Namaste. This is Preeti Adhikari. I am the founder of the Great Nepali Diaspora, a community of global Nepali professionals, and this is TGND Beats, Diaspora's Kurakani. Our podcast aims to showcase people with roots in Nepal and share their stories of struggle, perseverance, and success. My guest today is Sam Paptapalia. Sam is an entrepreneur, programmer, AI infrastructure and blockchain engineer from Nepal. He's the founder of Zebek, a real-time frictionless and continuous streams of payment. He's also one of the core contributor, contributors of Nautilus and founding advisor of Cedro and Eclipse. Since its inception in 2020, Zebek has raised over $35 million in funding. Companies he's advised have gone on to raise millions of dollars. Sam completed his bachelor's degree at Menlo College in Information Systems. And while at college, he has published two US patents on models for monetization of videos. Let's get started. Welcome, Sam. Uh, thank you, Priti, for having me. Uh, I am so excited about our chat because I've obviously heard so much about you and, you know, it's so inspirational um, for Nepalis to have people that have achieved so much, especially in the tech industry. And I'm um, so excited to, you know, one, hear your story um, as, a, as well as share it with uh, our audience. No, I'm glad to be, uh, I'm glad to be speaking. Um, it's like every once in a while, a lot of um, Nepal international student or people from Nepal reach out to me and they all want to just know how this happened and um it's a it's a it's not like a crazy like you know story with like you know it's, it can be made a movie or something but at least there are bits and pieces which is interesting and I always say that there were there were million possibilities of me not being here in my position but for right. some reason I cracked through the holes and somehow I'm here and it's like, you know, if you start look back, there's definitely some fascinating events that happened in my life, which um, I just think that, you know, um, like whether you call it like, you know, fate or you call it like hard work, it's just somehow worked out. Of course, of course. Um, Sam, tell, tell us about, you know, when did you actually move to the U.S.? Um, where, how was your childhood? Um, share a little bit about that. Yeah, sure. Uh, so I was born in a pretty small village in Nepal called... So the funny thing about this like village, actually, is when I was born, it used to be called uh, Barampur, right? Uh, it's a town okay. of like a thousand people in um, southern part of Chitwan uh, in Nepal. I, it was uh, every year there used to be a flood where every time Nari River goes, uh, you know, grows in the monsoon season. Um, mm-hmm. So when I was born, the village didn't have electricity, right? Um, so I grew, I always call myself, I grew up in the time of before edition, like, you know, Thomas right, mentioned, and now, right, exactly. now, and now I'm like, like in the world where I'm competing with like the, the Mark Zuckerbergs of the world, right? That's how, mm-hmm. like, it all happened in a very short period of time. But when I was born, there was, uh, not, no electricity, there was no road, but. So uh, you've my, seen the two extremes. Yeah, I have seen the two extreme, you know? Uh, and the funny thing about that is like, my parents didn't had like, they, they, they didn't pass high school, right? Uh, and, but for some reason, my mom who got married when she was 18, had this one thought in her mind that no matter what happens to her, she would make sure that her two kids will get English education. Right. So, so we, we were like sent to like in a local English school where instead of teaching like Nepali, uh, in, in, in Nepali, they were teaching us in English. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. For some reason, in my fifth, after my fifth grade, I told my parents that I'm not going to go to the school anymore. I need to go to a bigger school. And, mm-hmm. and I got scholarship and that kind of changed my life because now all of a sudden I was no longer interested in just being like in a doctor or engineer that every other Nepali kids wants to be. But mm-hmm. I was introduced to a lot, like, you know, a lot, like every one of my friends' parents were like doctor engineers and they were talking big mm-hmm. things, right? Um, and I saw a computer for the first time when I was 13. And that kind right. of changed the trajectory of my life. And uh, and then uh, I passed high school during the the earthquake of 2015. Um, mm-hmm. And I took two and a, two and a half years off. Uh, and 
uh, and came to States in second half of 2017. So August, okay. uh, I came here in August, 2017 with $500. Uh, and so $500 and the, the cheapest ticket uh, available in the Emirates. <laughs> one that way. Was the, yeah, one way, <laughs> one way ticket, the cheapest available with uh, with 11 hours layover from- Oh my um, God. The, yeah, yeah. So by the time I went to like reach my school, I, haven't, I hadn't slept in like 46 hours. Um, right, and, right. and I didn't know how to like, because, you know, you grew up in Nepal. Yeah. You know how to say my name is Sambhav and my name is like <laughs> all that kind of stuff. Right. But right, right. you come to America, you actually have to speak in English. Right. Uh, so that was like English. yeah, proper English. That was the first time, like by the, like, by the time I reached my school, I had to walk like a mile from the train station. Right. So I'm carrying this suitcase, uh, no sleep for 46 hours with a handbag asking people like, do you know, is there like a way to Melaka? Because no one told me that you can use like Wi-Fi at McDonald's. I had no right. idea about that, right? So I walked there by the time I reached my school, like I couldn't even like say like, hey, I am this. Like my voice is like completely lost, you know? Cause I was just too tired. And uh, so that's like the story of like how I, how I got to America. Oh my God. That is like, it. I'm sure at some point, there has to be a movie made on your life, right? It's just, uh, it, and it's like, you know, while you describe it, uh, you know, it's um, it's amazing and sad and funny all all in the same thing, right? I, I, th- I think like the fate loves irony, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, because when I was growing up, I, so my, 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 t- my hometown was a pretty big, um, like you know, they are big communist sympathizers, right? right so right. because like the the idea like in Nepal was like all the people who were uh, poor and underprivileged people, they thought that when the communists take over the government, they were gonna mm-hmm. like you know change the world. So I grew up in the time where like there was kings, and uh, when the like you know when the the the, the government changed in two thousand and eight, you know we were celebrating as if like you know, everything was gonna change. Change. And yeah, yeah, I grew up in, like my family, like, you know, kind of raised me as a pretty much nationalist. Like the idea was you are not born for your family. You are born to make the country better and the whole world should know you and all that kind of stuff. And now I'm in like, I'm no, I'm no longer in Nepal. I'm in America building products for like, you know, completely different thing than what I, I would have imagined when I was, when I was young. Right, right. No, that, that's so interesting. So you definitely didn't want to be a doctor and engineer. Tarab, is there like, do you remember anything that you know you were thinking in terms of this is sort of what I want to be? So my plan was I wanted to be like I wanted to be I wanted to be someone who invents thing that that was all that mm-hmm. has always been my thing, um, and that kind of like helped me because the the school that I went to everyone's parents were like doctors and engin- engineers and I saw them off right. front right and I'm like okay this is definitely not what I want to be. <laughs> Uh, because like you know not being able to come to your like like children's um, mm-hmm. like, you know the sports Functions game and things and so, like, right. yeah, exactly like I was like this is this is no longer this is not the life that I want and more right. importantly you know like I, I I believe they're like doctors are changing the world making people's lives better but I just didn't saw the you know the the the, the, the profession was was not glorified in my head and my in my head mm-hmm. I was just like you have to be an inventor or a scientist right the funny right. thing was my my best friend in school uh he wanted to be start a founder I had no idea what that was because like 13 saw the computer for the first time and he was like what do you want to be and I'm like well I want to be a scientist I want to be an inventor right right, um, right. so 10 years later guess what he's doing he is um, he's a researcher of like black hole and 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 math and physics. He's basically a scientist. And I'm and you're the I'm startup, a startup founder. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's yeah, I mean, incredible, right? I mean, it sounds so random and so on, but it's it's amazing how life works out. Yeah. Right? Uh, somehow, like, you know, somehow I think if you keep on working, somehow things work out. Like uh, there's so many moments like that just for some reason, it was just one random message, and and that I opened at that opened like twenty new doors, and um, like one random day that I did not like you know uh, move like you know I did not take took that one specific road made like you know my right. like, whole life completely different. So it's it's just fascinating to see how life could change because I came as like every other student, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and a lot of my friends are like right now looking for a job in like Google, Facebook, and Right. 
and for some reason I just didn't want to do it and mm-hmm. and when they were getting internship I didn't have anything and right, right. Um, when they were sending money to their family uh, I, I didn't have anything to send right because I came mm-hmm. here for scholarship and every single right. dollar that I was making I was investing back to the stuff that I was doing um, right. And I didn't, I, I like, I was, not, I'm, not, I'm not from a pretty rich and successful family. My, my family is family of a farmer. Right. And my, mm-hmm. I, I, when I left Nepal, my family probably had a million and a half dollar in, in, in debt because, um, my, my dad like started a like poultry farm and right, right. it just collapsed like for like seven years in a row. And so I know a mm-hmm. very long period of failure right like of course i would say from the age of 15 to from the to the age of 20 from the age of 14 to age of 22 right that mm-hmm. eight years of my life i i had no idea like you know like what uh what success was even though i was in america right. i was not like i had no idea that like, for me that was not success because like my family had such a crazy amount of debt mm-hmm. right um right, like i right. like my first company i raised like two million dollar but that's not success because my family still has debt or i still mm-hmm. am in college dorm room like you know uh yeah. like working like 18 hours so i had no idea about any of those stuff and um for some reason it just changed within like you know a month or two so mm-hmm. Um, so that's something that I learned that life just can change, you know, like life sometimes forces you for a long period of, of, of basically like, you know, nothing happens. And then there will be a day or two in which like, you know, your whole life changes upside down. Right, right. So, so for people listening, and I think even for me, I think it's the, the, the hack here is also to like, you know, sometimes when you're about to give up, it's almost that point where, you know, things are going to happen, right? Go ahead. Definitely, because I'll tell you, like, in my, like, my first company here, right, it was not working. And that was a time I had an option of either uh, joining a startup, making, like, probably half a million dollar a year for three, four years, right? Which would have been an amazing job for, like, you know, uh, by the time I was going to be 26, I would have made two to three million dollar, right? Mm-hmm. Right. And any person would have taken that deal. But for some reason, I just said, like, nope, this is not it. And I started, like, another company and left that to start another company. Um, and within a week of that, I raised $6 million. Um, right. and, and within, like, two months, I had, like, another 15, 20, right? And all the, the, like, from 18 to 22, all the failures that I had, all the times I made pitch decks, like, I was making two to three pitch decks a day sometimes because... Like, you know, oh, wow. okay, this this VC likes this specific angle, so I'm going to make that angle for him, right? Mm-hmm. I, I I opened up my, like, old hard drive a couple of days ago, and there right. was there was, uh, there was was 300 different versions of a pitch. Oh, my God. <laughs> and, and and right like right next to a pitch, there was, a, like, a, like, a narration, okay, this person likes this thing, hence I'm going to say that. Um, and and I, I I had access to my old HubSpot account. Um, right. There I scraped like 140,000 emails of VCs and oh um, of which like 14,000 people like responded, right? So exactly. those things, and, and that, that, that was the time in which I was responding so fast because my whole idea mm-hmm. was this guy is based out of Europe, right? Mm-hmm. If I don't respond to him now, then he will, if he will respond tomorrow, he will, he will respond right. tomorrow morning. It means my growth cycle would be slower so exactly so it's all these different things somehow just like you know the idea is nothing together yeah nothing in the life is like is, is nothing goes away you know like every single failure just you know you either live or you learn right that's kind of the yeah. idea and um there's this philosopher named uh, boethius mm-hmm. who had this i who basically was very successful and one day king tells him like yo like tomorrow i'm gonna kill you so you have a whole night Basically, this like King persecuted him to death. Right, right. right. Um, and he wrote a book on the book of fortune. And what he says is like, uh, everyone in the life will be shocked when, you know, fate takes a certain turn, right? But you should just know that whatever happens to you, either it's supposed because you needed to learn something or you, 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 you needed to like learn something or you deserved it, mm-hmm. Right. Um, right, and, right. and, and, and like from 14 to 22, I just had that as a mindset. I'm like, well, you know, well, I deserved it. Uh, this exactly. VC like passed on me. Well, I deserved it. Like, so I kept on with that mindset and, um, like, you know, now it's, it just, it's, it's a surreal position to be in, but, 
if I look but back, but you deserve the, it. Yeah, right? exactly. I deserve it. Exactly, I deserve it because the amount of hours right. that I put in, I definitely deserved it. Right, right. And in in Sam, I think that's super, super important to you know stress, right? Because what happens with success is we just look at oh, you know, somebody raised X amount of money, somebody became CEO, somebody did this, right? And we don't, uh, you know, and we think somebody just got lucky, and you know, it's you know, luck is a very like it plays a very small part. There's so much details in what you just talked about, right? In terms of your hard work and your almost obsession with, with the, you know, everything you were doing, I think that played such a big part. Yeah, so like being obsessive was like so interesting because when I first came here, I 2017, crypto was like the biggest thing, right? And mm -hmm. I read so many things because imagine a kid coming from Nepal uh, and you learn about smart contract and, I was just reading so many because when you, I came to a private college in America, right? It had like eight hundred right. students, um, mm -hmm. and it was one of the most expensive colleges in in, in America. It's like the annual fee was like seventy two thousand dollars. That's back in twenty seventeen, right? right? Mm -hmm. So everyone was like rich and successful family. Everyone was just partying, right? Um, right. And and you'll you'll see me like Friday night one a.m. reading like white papers, right? And <laughs> and people just like you know look at me as if I was uh, you know. I was just not living my crazy. life properly. Yeah, not yeah. Like crazy and not living my life properly. Mm -hmm. And um, and now, like, you know, most of my friends are in like 24, 25. And tomorrow morning, they have to go do their work, right? And tomorrow morning, I can basically get on a, uh, a flight to any country in the world because I just can, right? And mm -hmm. and that's just like what it does is success attracts like the idea that if I work hard, more hard enough, I can get even more. Um, of course. And I'm a very big believer in like, you know, Mohamed Yunus, right? Uh, the person mm -hmm. who invented Grameen Bank. And right, uh, right. he says the fact that poverty is, is not lack of capital. Poverty is lack of hope. And mm -hmm. once, exactly. you, once that hope comes to your like life, you know, it attracts, it attracts more capital. It, it, it just brings you, brings life out of you. Like, you know, brings you into life. Right. So exactly. Um, so coming from like a family, which is almost bankrupt to, to see that, like, you know, if I work hard enough, people give you money and there will be people who buy your product and things like that. It just makes you want to even work more hard because work you know harder, that. Right? Yeah, exactly. Because you know that you're not going to be 24 forever because at some point, right. like at some point, uh, you know, 14 hours a day is not going to be like a, a, a available for me, you know, at some mm -hmm. point, probably I might have a family or something. Right. So right, you, right. you start to seeing from that perspective. So uh, yeah, at the end of the day, you just have to be aware of these things and, and realize what you really want in your life. Of course, of course. And I think that's, I mean, being aware is, is so important, like you said, right. In terms of, you know, especially for, I guess, immigrants like us, I think it's also very important to, uh, be aware of where we come from and also where we want to go, right? Where do we put our benchmark, right? I mean, Nepal Vada Ako Bandema, we shouldn't also, you know, lower our benchmark and say, oh, just enough is good enough. We should also aim higher, right? I, I, uh, I, I think so. And there's like two things, right? Because you're from Nepal, you try to put too much pressure on yourself. I think you should not because at the end of the day, if you work hard enough, you'll be okay. Mm -hmm. That's something that we should think about because most Americans make forty thousand dollars a year, and right. almost every Nepali who went to college are going to make at least sixty to eighty. So our mm -hmm. life is going to be better than most Americans, right? So right. step number one, we have to think from that perspective, and the step number two is like we are in the same country where there's Elon Musk and Bill Gates and all those different people, mm -hmm. and it's a pretty open economy. There is no like, you know, there is no plutocracy. And, and mm -hmm. if you have if you have innovative idea enough, you have shot to making, you know, being in that level of being that capitalist. Right. And exactly. that 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 is that should be like the that should be like the way we think about it, you know, and, and because we are Nepali, we like back home in Nepal, you are defined. Your success is defined on if you have a nicer apartment or if you have a nicer car. Or, car, right. Yeah, like things like that. And the funny thing was like when I first came here, all of my friends had fancy cars, right? Mm -hmm. Well, at least at that time it was fancy. I don't know. Right, right. And <laughs> and and I like and I didn't I didn't even know how to drive. I just actually learned how to drive when I was like 22 or 23, right? 
and they all be like posting pictures of like cars and my every one of my family members they usually like kind of like define success as that they're like well you know Mm -hmm. you're in America but you know you don't have a car right Right, Uh, right. now now like I probably can buy any car like but I just don't care like it just Mm -hmm. that that kind of is the this is also a learning in terms of like you know how uh, how how the the culture we were born into makes us think about what is more important thing in our life and and once you are in the position where you see that clearly it just does not matter exactly exactly no and i so agree with it right uh, you know when when i define uh, success i mean like wealth manumna is when uh, you know you could you have the ability to walk into any store and buy anything you want that it doesn't even matter okay you know what i mean that yeah, it's like exactly means- money is like a money is like okay. a fun coupon at some point it's just exactly. it's it's it's, exactly. it's, a, it, it's like okay i i need to go to grocery or i can just look into my app and buy someone's time to buy me grocery exactly. or <laughs> like or like uh, i need to drive go somewhere or i can just order uber black and it just will show up in one minute right exactly. i think exactly. i think realizing that it's a very hard thing for anyone especially like for us nepali because we are just told to like money is when you, when you buy things and you're able to show other people that you have bought things exactly you know? exactly exactly and you know one of the things that i love about the us is one is like you said right there is most things ma there is no gatekeeping if you work hard enough you can achieve anything and two like you uh, superficial it doesn't i mean you can be a millionaire that you can just have a normal or like you know everyday life and like nobody to like bug you or like nobody to show off to and it's like so uh, you know so much freedom does the lacks okay yeah exactly and um like it's and basically we need we need more nepali who thinks according that line right right that like like buying a louis vuitton purse is nothing and mm-hmm. and, and 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 buying like you know uh uh i don't know like a tesla is nothing you know what is mm-hmm. more cooler than having a forty thousand dollar tesla having forty thousand shares of tesla right exactly like, <laughs> exactly exactly those are the things that like we should start uh you know that we should start to like celebrating that as a fact you know it's, it's like someone um who came with nothing and if that person has like that level that is that is wealth uh exactly. you know exactly. uh, and thinking so also in terms of uh, generational wealth okay, right Deopani, i think we're not uh, thinking in that sense in terms of okay we have first generation here you know now they're second generation but how do we sort of uh you know make that sustainable how do we take that for uh through the generations we're just starting to think like that like like a lot of a lot of us nepali who come here are literally going to pay more than half of their life into taxes mm-hmm. and they might yeah they might buy like you know um, assets and the real estate and like whenever they sell it they have to pay almost all of it to taxes right, right. and to be able to understand like multi-generational trust right uh, mm-hmm. non-transferable multi- multi-generational trust like these things uh it's not easy for a lot of us to even understand how that would work right um like i like uh, some of my friends actually they buy they buy painting and they donate to their own foundation in which exactly in which if you only pay five percent from the foundation like if you only donate five percent to the foundation to uh the outside world it becomes non-profit right so mm-hmm. what they do is they donate that painting back to the foundation they get a one million dollar write-off the right. foundation sells that painting right right again and now all of a sudden they have they were able to just like pay five percent of what they were so, supposed to be pay, supposed to be paying exactly. and now they now they're like completely tax-free on those that million dollars mm-hmm. so exactly. those things those things are like you know it compounds like the, the concept of compounding uh we nepali don't think about that we think about like you know i have five houses and or gas station and that makes me $40,000 a month of right, which right. $30,000 spent and and around $5,000 is going to saving. I think those things mm-hmm. we definitely need to like you know teach Change among that perspective um, right, right, right. Uh, yeah teach that among uh, uh, like you know because a lot of Nepali come here as international student right mm-hmm. we should start to teach that um, among young Nepali who, who enter this country because if that is in the back of their mind to create generational wealth then that's how we would really like you know transform like 
as you said, like Nepali diaspora yes. here. Of course, no, I and I so agree with that. You that uh, shift in mindset is needed, and I think even in terms of not just uh, you know the conversation about not just how we become successful whether you you know build your own company or you take a job how do you really think about your savings how do you really think about investment I think as a community we do need a little bit more um, education right in terms of how do we sort of take this to the next step with your comfortable life all that is there but how do we sort of um, you know leap forward I think that's that's definitely needed Exactly. Um, but yeah, no, but it's, it's, it's definitely changing. You know, I see, mm-hmm. I see a lot, a lot of Nepali starting small businesses um, and more and more Nepali wants to be founders now. So yeah. Right. Which is, which is exciting, which is definitely exciting. Um, Sam, I mean, we, we talked a little bit about this, right. And, you know, uh, I'm sure your family, your parents must be so proud of you know where you reached i mean to me personally funny um but uh, you know when you think back to you know your childhood your youth and all day what are you really proud of on a personal level and uh to say on a professional level um i think on the personal level i think my biggest achievement is like uh there was a time in which my mother called me and said uh like when when you were in my womb, I, I used to pray to God that like this type of son, you know, if I were to have kids, let's listen, I hope something like this would like a kid like this would be born. Yeah. My, right. And she said, you are exactly like what I prayed for. And that's just like, you know, that was oh I don't God. think I don't think I don't think anyone can say anything. No amount of awards can beat that in my life. But that's like the. As 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 a as a son born in a poor family, that's the biggest uh, biggest personal achievement in my life. Um, I don't think any anything in the world can beat that for me. Um, and in terms of professional relation, like professional, uh, well, I'm pretty like proud of the fact that um, I I ran a company that that made revenue uh, from Fortune 500 companies when I was like 19 years old. So it was not a big success, but uh, for someone who didn't even know how to speak English properly two years ago, to be able to talk to some Fortune 500 executive to convince them to pay for a service that you wrote in your college dorm room, right? So mm-hmm. that was the, that always will be like at the top of the list. Like you know, even though it didn't make me multimillionaires or the billionaire that I hoped so, but um, that always like the when the first check clear from the customer, that was a pretty big achievement. Right. Of course. Of course. No, that's incredible. And you know what, what you just shared about your mom is like the, <laughs> um, it felt so emotional. It must have been you, like I, and you deserve it, right? That, um, that feeling, um, it's, it's um, something else. Nothing else can replace it for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, but, but I think like over the long run, I think my professional achievements will definitely like, you know, hopefully it's the more achievements will come in because I'm definitely working hard. Right. Uh, but mm-hmm. for now, for now that, that first, uh, you know, first check from customer is always the most precious one. Awesome. Awesome. No, I mean, and, and, and I know how much it means like paying customer unine, it's like an amazing thing. And especially like the big ones, right? Um, Fortune 500 and enterprise level co are like, yeah, I, I understand how hard this, you know, sales cycle, it's not an easy uh, uh, win, right? It's it's really tough. So definitely worth celebrating, you say. Yeah. Um. Uh, next say Sam, I mean, you know, Timmy College and now Panitim you know, you you're sort of you know interacting a lot with non-Nepalis, I know. Um what how do like non-Nepalis perceive Hanir life? Um and ha- do you think that has changed over time? Like, you know, when you came in like college college can only as you interact with people, um what is that perception about uh, about Nepal and Nepalis? Um, so when I first came here, I actually didn't hung out with a lot of Nepali. Actually, I my the reason why my English got really better was I came here as like literally as a kid and I just surrounded myself with a lot of Americans. Um, so when I first came here, they thought that Nepal was, uh, like a, some like country in a Pacific Island because 
um, they thought that they thought that I looked like Fijian. So they thought Nepal was like a neighbor of Fiji. <laughs> so for people who don't know what Nepal is, they think that Nepal is like Fiji, right? But for right. people who think that who know what Nepal is, they knew a lot, a lot about the earthquake. Mm-hmm. They knew a lot about uh, the mountains. So those are the right. only two things that they know about. Uh, and not many people know about actually the whole uh, Buddha was born in Nepal and things like that. But right. now in the last like six years, what I have seen is more people know Nepal as a place to do software development outsourcing. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's something that I have seen like a pretty big. Uh, uh, and also, at least in the in, in the industry that I'm in, like the, uh, the Web3 um, people think that a lot of interesting founders are from Nepal. So um, mm. besides me, uh, there's another student that I know. His name is Rachin. Um, he's the founder right, of this company, right. called, company called Cedro uh, that mm-hmm. raised like $1.5 million, um, right. which is, which I'm like pretty proud of him because, you know, he's like going to turn 21 and soon. And he has a company that has like raised, I think he's going to raise another $5 million soon. So uh, he's, he's going to do big things. And so I, the, I, the, my, my plan is to bring like, you know, hundreds of founders like him and use my network as a way of being able to um, you know fast track that uh, process because I personally had a lot of challenges uh, when I was getting started exactly no and and I think that's amazing that you're paying it forward funny and I think uh, you know with the diaspora what we're hoping to do is just that right where you know the learnings that we have as individuals how do we really uh, transfer that knowledge. How do we really, uh, you know, lift each other up? It sounds very corny, but uh, exactly what you're saying, right? How do we really um, uh, see the talent in people and really help them, whether it's with our network or connections or even in terms of investment, partnerships, whatever it is. I think that's super needed. And I think uh, I do feel like our community is going to really evolve uh you know with, with everything that's that's happening no absolutely and that's uh, that's how we should think about right because uh the, the, a lot of nepali people like nepalis like uh, not everyone should be founders right but uh the easiest thing to do probably would be like help other person to start a company because what it does is like most of the time you already already have hired someone, right? Like in a startup that mm-hmm. can't hire 50 people. So when you see a Nepali founder, you should probably ask him like, hey, I want to start something. How do I do it? I think that's the easiest right. thing because that's something that he can, he knows how he did or she knows mm-hmm. how he did and they can replicate. Uh, but the one sad, like sad thing is like almost every Nepali that I know that reach out, most of them, uh, they always end up asking for a job, which, you know, I, I already hired 30 Nepali. Like I, cannot, <laughs> I cannot hire another, you know. It's, I, I would want to hire. Is a, 30 them. is a good number. Yeah, I, 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 number. I want to hire everyone. I want to hire everyone in Nepal, but, you know, that's not how it works. Right. No, and I think, no, you, you're so right, right? And, and then, you know, thank you for bringing this up because one thing that, you know, Hami Nepali, like that we need to learn is also proper networking, okay, right? Um, because what's happened over time is we've become... Uh, you know, uh, just as like I'm English, like, you know, we're also becoming really good at networking in general. But I mean, Nepali or some networking, we're, we're not good at it. We actually suck at it. Okay? Right. So the whole concept of, you know, how do you really treat people professionally? How do you even if you want a job, how do you sort of take that? How do you sort of do the homework? How do you It's very Nepali. We just, uh, you know, just straightforward we'll ask for a job or something like that right now and if you would say i think we need to unlearn that um, uh, you know through time investment they can as a community we really need to learn that yeah i think i think it will change over time um the the, the big prop the big way of thinking about like thinking about this and changing it just looking at looking at your like looking at yourself like you might be a developer you might be a content creator or whatever it is right um look for what is the what is the most important look look for the most important like you know thing you want in your life and if it is a job then probably ask him for advice of do you know anyone uh who's looking to hire then hey can you hire me in your company Mm -hmm. because it puts it puts him or her in a very bad position because like if you're a really good talent then Definitely, I'll find a way to bring you in my own team, 
right? Exactly. But if you start with like, yo, hire me in my team, and then oh. I'm just like, I, 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 I don't want to. Then I, all of a sudden, exactly. other doors Good. that could have op- be open, it's automatically going to be Good. closed. Right. Or, or sometimes it'll be as simple as, you know, uh, and this is not to discourage people that are the, you know, showing the right way, right? Where people will just share their, uh, uh, you know, uh, CV and say, can you take a look at my CV and see, see where I will, uh, you know, where you can find a fit and, you know, you're making people do the homework, right? Still, uh, you know, there's, um, there's definitely stuff to learn this month, for sure. Yeah. So, but but I th- but I think it's gonna change over time. But the number is, of number of number of people that have like you know, like sent a thread of messages to me to hire them is outrageous. Like- <laughs> um, you could you could have a world record for for that. But um, that is, I mean, there's a better way way of doing it, and I think you know I'll put a plug in for the diaspora again, right? The, one of the reasons uh, this community exists, one platform, is so that it does it shouldn't have to be one person, you know, it person like hundreds of people, uh, you know, spamming one person and you know asking these same questions and you know asking the same help and so on. That Iota sort of connected Uber. When there's a more efficient way of doing things, right? Even whether it's uh, connecting for jobs, they can uh, knowledge transfer, they can, you know, connection for her uh, fundraising, they can anything. Okay? There's like uh, you, the earlier uh, way of doing things where you have to use pre and pre and bansani. You just, you know, uh, uh, send messages to everybody and hope something sticks. There's a better way of doing it. And I think I'm a community for like, uh, you know, we're seeing a, a good sort of uh, positive things, I know. And so I'm confident, you know, it's it's going to, um, it's going to be better. Yeah. Perfect. Um, Sam, with, with everything that you've, you know, um, gone through and so on, right? Timlai, about not just uh, how people perceive Nepalis, that are when you uh, think about your identi- um, identity um, as a Nepali and, you know, uh, tech entrepreneur and so on, uh, how do you define uh, the identity, Oiliara? Um, so when I first came here, I, I'm not gonna lie. I usually try to hide the fact that I'm from Nepal, and this reason is no one wants to give a 18 year old Nepali kid who barely knows how to speak English money, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I used to let them assume what I am, and I never like like really corrected because right, right, because I don't want people like they're already uncomfortable giving money to a, like the 18 year old kid. Uh, let alone like a Nepali guy, right? But now, mm-hmm. um, I, I somehow had a, like a trauma about it, but now I use the fact that I'm from Nepal as like almost as a biggest shield in my the biggest <laughs> shield because the fact that like, I, I slowly started to realize the fact that I was born in Nepal and I was able to do all of this thing, it is the biggest of my accomplishment. Just the fact that I was, I, was, I was born in the middle of nowhere. Like it's, it, it, you cannot even search my like hometown in Google map because there's no, there's no pin for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's like the, so that the way I like introduce myself is like, I'm Sam, I was born in Nepal and I came right. here five and a half years ago. So I always like make sure that I was born and raised in Nepal and, right. and, and like, I'm not going to lie. People over the long run, I realize people love the fact that I'm from Nepal because they automatically assume that I'm, con- I'm, I'm culture. Um, mm-hmm. I am more, I respect people over money um and and i understand struggle and of course, for, for of course. Us, those are those are the biggest characteristics on a man like for you for you to be a, right. a man in this world right now right these these characters are missing and the moment you mm-hmm. are able to present yourself the this proud bass that you are from nepal and you you were you you grew up in the in the civil war and you saw you saw a king being you know deposed uh from the crown and and people taking over power and your and your country's constitution is only five or six years old like these all these things right, are very right. very powerful the fact that we live through all of that stuff is you know it's it's a, it's a feat of its own of course of course of course and 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 within five years for you to come to something some place that is completely different from nepal completely different from you know uh in terms of upbringing and to figure things out and achieve success is just like, I feel like it's better than if you, you know, grew up here and you, you know, uh, 
uh, had uh, Nyako network and Nyako pedigree and so on. Do one that it's like, you know, another level, right? I like you know there's a whole saying about uh, if like you know most Americans are they 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 are born in um, the third base and for them to hit the home run they don't have to do that much right. <laughs> uh, us Nepali we were we were we were born in a different city and we had to walk through the to the baseball ground. That's what right. I always say. <laughs> I love that. I love that. That is so true. So true. And I think uh, you know you know what I'm realizing is especially as I get older I think it's you know, so important to showcase that, right? I think, you know, uh, when when we came here as students, I think it it made sense to adapt and not show our Nepaliness that much. But, uh, uh, you know, I think it's important. I think it make it does make us who we are, right? Yeah, like, you know, these days, uh, like I play more Nepali music in my place when someone is around <laughs> and I don't care what they like or not. It's this, it's my, it's my speaker and it's the, that's the music I'm going to play. If you like it, you will, you will enjoy it. If you don't like it, the best thing is the door is right there. Oh my God. I, yeah. So the, with the music, uh, what percentage of people, um, like it, love it, hate it, Kostosa. <laughs> Actually, they all love it. They all think that Nepali music is very, very sweet. Turns out, like, right. they, they all like, like, they, uh, Nepal, they think that Nepal is very uh, sweet language. Uh, and, right. you know, when, when we were in Nepal, we think that French is the sweet language, right? Right, and right. You, you play that, you play Nepali music to French people, and they're like, this is the, this is more better than French music. So, oh, awesome. So that's something I, I I want everyone in Nepal to know that Nepali music is the best. Perfect. No, that, that's amazing. Um, on that note, uh, Sam, you know, whether you can find a student and or is there something a Nepali, right? Uh, that's not related to you, that you didn't know from Nepal, has done for you some some something really nice. Uh, let, me, let me see. Uh someone in Nepali that have done really something nice to me um and it could be very simple it doesn't have to be you know uh, crazy there's something that just you know felt nice yeah so uh when um when I was uh when I was going to this one this campus I was speaking there right turns out there are a lot of Nepali students I didn't know um and I was so tired that day I could like you know and there was this event that like the school was organizing and I was supposed to go there. Right. And I, I did not enjoy the food because it was in the, uh, I'm, I'm vegetarian, so I don't eat meat, right? Um, right, right. And it's like the Southern part of America and the food was terrible. I'm talking about like everything <laughs> cooked in, 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 in pork fat. Right, and, and everything, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and the only thing I could eat was like mashed potato and I did not touch it, right? And I get right. out and there were Nepali students, they were waiting there and they're like, hey, you know, uh, it's because you are here we Nepali are uh, actually um, like you know came together and we we're like cooking Nepali food so I went there and I ate like momo and and and, and Nepali like you know dal bath um, uh, oh with, uh, with with like mutter paneer curry and I was just like th that was very emotional because you know I haven't oh. eaten anything the whole day right. I just had to like you know be in this conference like you know smiling in front of hundreds of people right, even right. Though knowing that I'm dying of hunger and, <laughs> and, and then they did that that was very very nice that is a nice thing, and you know, um, so we should thank uh, the students. Of which which college was that? Oh, so that was uh, Vanderbilt, Vanderbilt University. Okay, Nashville, right? Yes, sir. Yep. So ne Nepali students from Vanderbilt, we should thank them for you know uh, not letting you uh, starve, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so the, 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 it's always like you know, uh, it, it, the easiest way of reaching. Uh, a man's heart is through his stomach. So I guess that's <laughs> the, 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 that was very, that definitely, definitely, right. that definitely touched my heart. Exactly, exactly. So next time, instead of people sending you their CVs and so on, they should send you a vegetarian meal. <laughs> uh, yeah, but no. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> awesome. Um, next, say, um, Stav, I mean, I love, I love this conversation. Um, you know, when you think about Hamra uh, Nepali diaspora, right? If you go like, let's start thinking about Nepalese in Nepal. But when you think about the diaspora, USCO and, you know, around the world, what can we do to, you know, uplift this community? Um, I think the biggest thing we can do is just look the position that you are in, right? And mm -hmm. see 
what could you have if you were in this position when you first came to America, right? What that person in this power could do for that student or uh, or someone who just came here with immigrant visa? What could that you you could do, right? And right. probably that is that is probably like if you have a lot of money, that's probably give, like donating to Nepali students for a scholarship. If you are mm -hmm. uh, if you are in a position where you are connected to a lot of investor, probably connecting to Nepali entrepreneurs. If you right. have a if you are in a position in which you can hire 20, 20 people, is there a way for you to hire ten Nepali? Because I think that is not considered racism, right? If you, mm -hmm. if, you if you hire like you know, I think just being like, you know just figuring out ways to just bringing Nepali into the door, right? Because exactly. when I when I got here, like you know, started Zebek and I, I met uh, the student from Stanford. Like, you know, I spent so much time with him, right? Like, you know, teaching mm -hmm. him how to pitch. And he came, like, he was, he just, he was six, like, he was six months in America and he started right, a company, right? right? Because right. for him, uh, his goal was to like, you know, figure out, probably figure out a job at Google, Facebook, or one of these larger companies, right? Mm -hmm. And being able to give hope is very powerful. And I think a lot of us are in the position in which we can give hope. Because right. no amount of uh, like you know uh, posting about Nepal in 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 your Facebook is gonna do that much than just bringing two Nepali person into your position because that's how we that's how we grow. We should think about how can we strengthen ourselves uh, because I said Nepali is not just uh, race; it's more of like a, it's 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 a, it's a, it's a, it's a ethnoculture race, right? And because right. Um, the moment you are born in Nepal, you are Nepali. Uh, mm -hmm. You are not, you are not like, you know, um, you might be born in India. If you're born to Nepali parents, you are Nepali. Uh, right, if you right. are born in like any part of the world, you are like just by the birth, you are Nepali, right? So, no, of course. so we, no matter where we are, we should just think about the perspective of like the power that I am in, what can I do to another one Nepali to, so that he can do the same thing for another one, right? And of if course. we start doing that for like, let's say, you know, every one person start helping two other person i think we will be will be in a very very powerful position because nepal is a strong a small country um and and we don't have a lot of nepalis but we have a very very strong you know uh love for uh, each other so i think we just need to figure out how to um use that into into right channels exactly no no i so agree and i and i and i love that um so to my last question, uh, Sam, <laughs> I feel like I could, you know, I could ask you tons more questions. That are last one, right? And then you touched on this um, in the beginning, um, especially when you think about the tech industry, um, you know, Web three, they can you, you know, software go and so on, right? What is that current uh, brand of Nepal? If you, if we can, you know, call it a brand, right? Uh, what is that? And um, how can we, you know, change it or improve it if it's not uh, the right sort of um, brand that we want? So right now, Nepali brand is like, it's sad to say uh, for us, right? In Nepal, that's an achievement, right? Like if you are working for an American outsourcing company, that's an achievement. But right mm -hmm. now, the Nepali brand is uh, people who, who raise American money to outsource in Nepal. Right. Um, and it's always like there is it's a they always expect the fact that it's developed by a Nepali team. So that's where the product is going to be weak. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's the brand that we are in. And I think it can be changed by, by building a team that is all Nepali. And, right. and I'm pretty proud to say that every single line of software that has ever been written for Zebek has been from mm -hmm. Nepal and for or awesome. by Nepali, right? And and that that actually, like, I do everything to actually not hire uh, on the technical role anyone from outside Nepal because right, what, right. I, what I really want to be able to do is, like, you know, to have, like, you know, $10 billion plus company in which every single line of software was written by Nepali. Exactly. That, because when, when we start to brand that one day, like, you know, it might not happen today, tomorrow, it might take five years, but when we start to brand that, I think it will it will uplift uh, Nepali in in a very different position, and exactly. I always like to I always like to play that long game. Um, mm -hmm. it's, so that's why I I would rather train my team member for one year than hire someone whom I like. If you don't hire Nepal like in Nepal, I know for a fact that my team is loyal. I know for right. the fact that uh, like when I train one Nepali, it is training another ten Nepali back home. Mm -hmm. Right. right. These things, right. these things are always in the back of my head. And I think the, that's something that we can do, you know, is the way to change like from 
that the country of outsourcing to a country in which new ideas that like innovation innovation right? is, is actually happening um exactly. we should go, and and that it, it like india it, it took like them 15 20 years even right now in india like you know uh name one really really innovative company that didn't exist in america and right. and and i would say like um polygon is the only company because they mm -hmm. are um like a layer two on ethereum in which they were like one of the first ones right right um, right and so they were launched in 2019 right uh india's tech revolution started in 1990 if it took them 29 years to do that so nepal's think about how to change that right away uh, exactly. how to make how because longer we take for that process longer we are just going to be the cheap outsourcing place instead of a place where um our our nepali labor and nepali Nepali Nepali's mind share is paid a premium price because exactly. at the end of the day, right. the, the 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 fastest way of changing the country is by increasing the GDP of the country, of um, and that's how we can make that happen. No, I I so agree, and I you know this is something you know um, that I'm super passionate about in terms of this topic, right? I mean, and what I do see, you're so right, right? I mean, Nepali um, outsourcing monitor, it's based on price, right? And like, you know, uh, quality, if equality, I mean, could be not consistent quality. I mean, I've seen some amazing, amazing engineers from Nepal, uh, for sure. But uh, the, the conversation is always around price, I mean, lower price, right? The uh, price arbitrage thought that us, there's still like, you know, that shouldn't be the thing, right? Like you said, right? There has to be this, uh, thing about innovation and amazing ideas coming out of Nepal. And I think that is really going to showcase the, the, the tech talent of Nepal. Yep, absolutely. Perfect. Um, and any last words, Sam? Um, well, last word is if you are like, you know, Nepali founder who wants <laughs> to do something uh, cool in, in Web3, feel free to reach out. Because uh, I do incubate a lot of founders, right? And I've been pretty lucky with uh, what I've been doing, right? Uh, last year, I incubated like three companies and this year I want to do at least 10. Uh, awesome. So, you know, if you, if you are someone who's passionate about Web3 and who's open to, you know, uh, uh, open to work hard and, and leverage my network and connection and my ideas to, uh, you know, reach to that um, zero to one for you, then you know, always feel free to reach out. You can ping me in Twitter or just email me at sam at zebek.io. Perfect, Sam. And I do know a few founders that, uh, you know, I'm going to uh, send a note to you later. Um, Sarah, thank you so much for being here. Um, this was incredible. I can't believe this is the first time we're actually having a conversation. Sarah, um, loved it. Um, thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, please like and subscribe to our podcast, TGND Beats on Spotify. Thank you, Sam. Thank you so much for having me. Really appreciate that. Cheers. <laughs>